One witch is powerful. A coven of witches is unstoppable. Want to go deeper in your craft with the support of your basic witches? Then join our coven on Patreon. We have three tantalizing tiers with ad-free episodes, shout-outs on the pod, monthly card pulls, and girl talk, where you get to connect with us one-on-two. So, are you a basic witch, boss witch, or our best witch? We can't wait to see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic witches. I mean, we're witches, <laughs> basically. Witch, please stop subconsciously hating yourself, shooting all over yourself. And for the love of goddess, stop thinking you have to do it all on your own. This witch is haha here to help. Find me on sexandthesynchronicity.com for coaching, courses, card pulls, and deep XX exploration through erotic art. Fortune favors the bold, so be bold, be that witch, and head to sexandthesynchronicity.com. Hey witches, Leah here. You know my all-time favorite thing to talk about is manifestations, synchronicities, and going for the goals. So if you're ready to put your feminine energy in the front seat and whoa manifest some sh**, wait, are you really gonna bleep out sh**? I can't say sh**, this is my commercial. Anyway, what are you waiting for? It's can or never. Join my four-week manifestation course, buy my deck, art, and more by going to www.leahknauer.com. L-E-A-H-K-N-A-U-E-R.com. Welcome to our slumber party, witches. You're listening to Basic Witches. I'm Rachel LaForest. I'm Leah Knauer, and today with us we have my friend, improviser, plus-size lifestyle blogger, Rosie Blair, aka Rosie B. Me, and we had so much fun as I knew we would because she's a fucking blast. It definitely felt like an early aughts sleepover. <laughs> we, we talk about Nelly, we talk about Titanic. Um, yes! So, so much nostalgia and also just what we've learned through owning our mistakes and like fucking growing. Mm-hmm. And we we want to grow our connection with you. We love having you guys in the Patreon coven. If you're not already in there, definitely join. You get to watch the episodes with no ads, and we get to connect more with you and do readings and super fun stuff. So you can find the link on Instagram in our bio, at Basic Witches. Yeah, and if you love our show and want to support us in any way, that is the way to do it. And we're so, so grateful and just love all of you so much. And you get to watch the video of the episode. So it'll feel like you're hanging out with us. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's go hang out with Rosie Blair. This is one of those ones where it's like, I can't hit record fast enough because already the yeah, energy is flowing and like... <laughs> 
Um, Wait, Rosie, you said before we hit record that that we knew each other when you were in the midst of your chaos. And I truly feel like you knew me when I was in the midst of my chaos. So this is going to be a great conversation. I mean, we were drawn to the same like places and personalities. So I assume that we were both probably in that place where you're always seeking something that you don't have in front of you. Uh And we met doing improv, which can attract all kinds of of people um yeah but for me it was like yeah what attracted you to improv for me it was performing getting that attention working on like the reps of trying to be a famous comedic (laughs) actress and also just like the community of kind of weirdos it made me feel (laughs) safe and comfortable I think that improv is so interesting because like you said it can attract so many personalities and I definitely like have I want the attention. I want the affirmation and I don't want to put in all the work, you know? So like (laughs) I didn't have to memorize the lines and I could write without like actually sitting down at a computer and still like receive affirmation for those abilities Mm. to create stories. Yes. And then it's just a rush, but I really do think that it's good for people. I mean, I have you know, a late diagnosed adult ADHD. So I think it definitely appealed <laughs> yeah, undiagnosed, but yes, I, so f- I, I realized that about myself this year and it just, everything makes sense. And it's why my brain, mm. I'm so good at improv because it's one moment, 30 minutes, let's say where I can truly focus, but my brain is still free to wander and be creative and come up with all these insane scenarios, but it's in like a container. Mm. I really do believe it's such good therapy for anyone who's on that like neurodivergent spectrum. I know people that live with autism that have expressed themselves so well via improv. And then I know mm. so many people with ADHD that have yes. been able to express themselves with improv. And so I, it is magic. My boyfriend, I've asked him before if he's okay with me talking about it. And he is, <laughs> we believe that he is autistic. Um, mm-hmm. And I, yeah, and I am ADHD. He so does improv and he's too. He's so fucking funny. He's so funny on stage. And like <laughs> we have so much fun together because we're both just like different. Wait, <laughs> Leah, that's crazy because you met him doing improv as well and me and Rosie. It's yes. like your whole yeah. world. My whole world. Um, I love yeah, it. That's, that's how we met. My fiance and I met oh, via improv too. Beautiful. So mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, for me, I think it's a lot of when we were saying it attracts all different kinds of people, I think it's like, hurt people is what it filled in in my brain because like you Rosie for me one of the main aspects was therapeutic it was something that I felt called to because it scared me so it was one of those like I was in the chaotic journey too of like I'm gonna do the shit that scares me and for me it was therapeutic because it got me to stop thinking and worrying about what other people think forced me to be in the moment and like not worry and you release yeah. control too. You learn to oh, trust other people. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a recovering perfectionist. So mm. I always need That's to- That's wonderful. Yeah. I always need to do the things that put me out of control for exposure. Because you have to like, you have to deliver the final product- in progress. Yes. So yes. that's, I'm, I'm sure it's so good for you to do that because I know so many people who have that same issue mm-hmm. and I'll be like, Hey, are you finished with that thing we're all working on right now? And they'll be like, no, I spent six hours on it. I'm not done yet. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, just fart it out. Like put it on the internet. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. 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 It's good enough because you're good enough. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh, you guys are jiving exactly <laughs> with my 
Right. Dude. Right? And then, I mean, I know we're going to talk about this like at length, but I also feel like improv is definitely like, um, not everyone's probably on the same wavelength as me when they're up there, but I always felt like it was like ritualistic and like we were creating magic oh, and like yeah. manifesting and like doing that kind of deep work on stage. Oh, oh good yes. improv show is like watching magic happen. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's what basic witches is the product of because Leah and I mm-hmm. both like see the, the magic of comedy. The, it's mm-hmm. transforming energy. It's turning fear into laughter it's like it's so alchemical and so witchy yeah it's so it's just like the destroyer of shame in a way oh my god okay back to that if if i didn't find comedy i don't i don't know if i would be heal like on my healing journey because laughing about all the shit that i've gone through in my life is what like gave me power otherwise that was the stuff that i was afraid to talk about and kept me hidden in the dark and i would talk about it only in therapy and then once i started using my voice as a Mm. woman which is connected to the sex like my shame melted off and just like now i feel free to speak about what I want and be who I am. I always feel like the best laughs are when you reveal something secret about yourself and you hear those laughs in the audience of people who like also feel the same way or thought they were the only people to experience that. Okay. Okay. I think about this a lot. A comedy show is a conversation between an audience and a performer, whether they realize Mm. it or not. And like Mm. what someone says on stage, when someone laughs, that means I've studied comedy. Like that means that there is, they agree it. They, they have that same thought and someone finally said what they thought and that allows them to like relax as well and laughter is a release they're releasing a little bit of shame potentially too and like back to that it being a shame destroyer and that root that so many of us have of I'm not good enough and Mm -hmm. that is intertwined with shame and that all comes from many angles but largely capitalism Dude, patriarchy. Dude. Same, th- same thing. Yeah. <laughs> same, same thing. Yeah. Same beast. Damn. Yeah. And so it's like, it, it's interesting that you say that because to me, it's so uh, comedy and, and we're talking, bringing in mysticism, such like feminine qualities, but it's very male dominated. Right. So, and then like maybe the healing comes, the more there's like a female presence. Mm. So it's really interesting. Are there, are there like female focused, like comedy theaters? Well, I'm sure there's not many comedy theaters right there now, was. but there was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Before the pandemic. I feel like that'd be a great, like healing space, you know, to, mm-hmm. to go through everything that you're feeling. I think there was like a, a meetup group out here in Dallas that was only like female. I'm sure they would welcome non-binary mm-hmm. and people that are fluid, mm-hmm. but I feel like having those healing spaces apart from just like cisgendered like Mm -hmm. male presences is is real real helpful it has been really really cool over the past five years I've seen so many women like stand-up comedians and improvisers alike I've seen them come into their femininity whereas I feel Mm. before we would dress in like and dressing is just an example of it but we would wear like jeans and t-shirts and flannels it's like that's not what I wear why was I pretending to play this part of an improviser when I just am an improviser yeah that's so funny (laughs) I remember like I've had this conversation with somebody recently because I feel like whenever I was out in LA really like doggedly pursuing comedy as like a career path 
I definitely felt like I had a little uniform that I would put Mm. on before I would go out to a show. It was like putting on a little costume. And it's like hiding Um, your feminine body and like absolutely yourself acceptable. Oh, I've got deep stories about this. We can go hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to like turn up the sides, but I mean, like for me, like stage performance is very deeply intertwined with body image Mm -hmm, and all that. mm -hmm. And I actually had a breast reduction because of improv. I have a very tormented relationship with it, but Mm -hmm. like I, 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 the, the one night that stands out to me that really just like was the straw on the camel's back was, um, there was a night where I was on stage playing as like a little boy who was a stowaway on like a ship and they kept labeling me as a woman, which I mean, that's probably a, a completely different issue for so many other people being misgendered. Uh, wasn't That wasn't my issue, but I, I just kept being like, uh, although I have a little voice that is charming and feminine, mm. I am in fact a young man. Uh, and I kept reminding them and it kind of, I thought maybe this is a bit that we're all working on, but the show ended and it was a blackout on um, a man saying, then why are your tits <gasps> as big as Jupiter? Oh. And the oh in, in my part, God. Oh, sorry, right? moment for screaming. Mm. Ah, that makes me so <laughs> mad. The tech blacked out on that line, mm. which I think it was partially their fault because I could have controlled that and I could have like come back with yielded something. that and brought it home. <sighs> and that was definitely what led to my breast reduction because it was humiliating. Mm. And I felt like it was so funny. And I went to a woman who is now very successful. And this is like, it's it's sad because it's like, this is the memory I have of her. Mm. And I told her what happened. And she was like, well, what, what were you wearing? <gasps> and, no. and I hate that that's like, cause I, I looked, I mean, I do not feel like this is a part of her personality now. And I see her as also a victim of like yeah. circumstance and what the community was at this point. Mm-hmm. But I was wearing a fucking crew neck sweatshirt. Yeah. You know, also, like it doesn't matter what you were wearing. Yeah. There you go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> That's the beauty of improv is you can be anything and shape shift almost. And the point but, is they're supposed yeah. to be listening to what not. Right. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing is you're fucking miming objects. I'm not actually holding a pickle, but you know to call it a pickle. Like what the fuck? Right. Why are you? Yeah. I've had and then, shit like that happen too. And then to use your real body as like a punchline is just. It was humiliating and I wish that I had been a stronger person. Mm-hmm. Now I am like totally happy and like who I am now, where I am now. But mm-hmm. I definitely had I had that first excitement of like, oh, my boobs are smaller now. But then I had the like, oh no, like mm-hmm. I changed myself because of this like really traumatizing event. Mm-hmm. So it is like a scar that I carry with me, but it's also like a really big lesson that I carry with mm-hmm. me and it's impacted me to do the work that I do now. Mm-hmm. And I really like yeah you know yeah. It all it's all meant together to be in some way I believe it's yes. all shaping your journey I mean I literally carry a scar I have a scar on my cheek from having my mole removed when I was in sixth grade because I got berated for having a mole just literally <sighs> to my face called so many things made fun Wait. of over and over and over yeah Rachel we've never talked about this I literally have a scar on my forehead from a surgery in sixth grade Whoa, from a birthmark what? from a birthmark that was right here you can see the scar yeah right here and I got it removed I don't regret oh it my gosh I don't like, regret it either but, but it was something that bothered me that I got made fun of and wow. I wanted to be an actress and I had this Same. big fear that my birth make- birthmark was just gonna overcome my whole face holy shit wow. I can't believe we've never talked about this in like 
five years of friendship, but I didn't same. Know that. That's and I so magic. I wore a band-aid over it, and this was uh-huh. around the time of Nelly, and they thought that I was just trying <laughs> to be Nelly. I'm like, no, I just got a fucking birthmark removed because you guys made fun of me so much. <laughs> oh my god, I feel your pain. I love the specificity of the time period, like coming out in that. That's so fucking funny to me. <laughs> maybe, maybe Nelly got a mole removed. Like maybe we yeah. were being jerks. Yeah. But but ladies, this is so interesting, you know, that like we've all modified and whether you're listening and you've had surgery to do that, or it's just in the way that you dress or act, we've probably all modified because of the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is crazy. I believe that. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me, it's like brought on so many conversations. It's actually created friendships for me, the story. So I really, I mean- yeah. At the end of the day, like the feminine will come through mm. and just de- and decide for you, like what it's for. I think that's how powerful it is. Ooh, you yes. guys, I'm like, <laughs> what do you, I have so many good vibes right now. I feel like my face is like glowing and warm. I feel like there's some mad, like there's some good power. Happening you today. I do too. I have insane goosebumps. I don't know if the video will pick that up, but yeah. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I literally, I got them. <laughs> Cause, because I just I feel really it. connected with you guys and with all all of the feminine right now in what yeah in what we're saying and how I can see it from this zoomed out like trajectory of what you said the feminine will rise like it will come through it will become clear it will decide because it's mm-hmm. all powerful I think it's it's the mm-hmm. most powerful force like fuck we're so powerful so is it ever powerful. like so just hit you Rosie I I message you all the time I'm I'm just so proud of you and blown away you. by you um, so what, what was your journey since then mm. of the working through the chaos and the and healing, like talk getting us through rid that. of the shame? Well, I think that a lot of, so let me go back. I was, um, Leah and I knew each other in the comedy, uh, community kind of around, I would say 2012 to 2014, 15, that kind of era. And I feel like there was a lot, like that was kind of like on the cusp of, a lot of rupture mm-hmm. for the good kind of happening. So there was a huge wave, especially in Los Angeles of um, kind of calling out men for, yes, you know, there was no diversity, no talk of diversity really at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And I remember a lot of my mentality was trying to impress men around me. And I felt like it was just so weird. Like you had to be ticking off a lot of boxes. And I feel like you had to be ever present in the comedy community. So like staying out late, hanging out at bars, like just doing things that don't really like jive with me internally, you know? (laughs) So like, I feel like I was definitely like yielding to the status quo and just not having a great time. And I was so focused on the external Uh, at the same time, I was, you know, kind of pursuing a traditional acting career and every role I went out for was like, crying because of my body so like every audition room I had to be in and like expressing like shame for my body and like Mm. it just took such a really nasty toll on me like mentally because I wanted to be an actor so bad but every part available Mm. to a larger bodied woman was shame-based to some extent Mm. or like like something rooted in shame-based that I feel like I couldn't ground at all like it was kind of like well, you're like a rebel Wilson type and you just like want to fuck everybody. And I'm like, okay, Mm. well, 
where does that come from? You know, it was just very hard to ground any of that performance or any of those stories in, in truth, because it wasn't aligning with what my personal life actually was. I, I did get attention. I did have fun. I slept with people and it, it just like every part I read was like, nobody pays attention to me. And it just didn't align. And I think that I really felt sick after like going to audition rooms and like taking on those personas. Mm -hmm. So that with a combination of other things led me to just saying, fuck this, I need to move to Texas. I need to like go back to my parents and spend time with them mm -hmm. and spend time with like friends that never made me feel this way. And it was bizarre because I was probably, I'm not diagnosed with any eating disorder officially, but I was at my smallest size, I was a 12 and I was starving oh. myself and still being like told like you're, you need to gain 50 pounds or lose 50 pounds. Like that kind of mentality is like, mm. I remember people telling that to me in certain offices and I was just like, I have no idea what to do. And that's not where my body naturally I am a bigger person. And if you look at my family genetically, oh, they're all big ladies. Like mm. I have got the photographic evidence. I'm like, oh, there's me. There's me again. Yes. There's me in the 1800s. Like, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, I move home and I just go to work in women's retail because it's what I know. But um, while I'm there, I start helping women who walk into a straight size retailer like anthropology and they're like, you look cute how did you find something in here? And I would always be like, this is the dress I can sneak my body into. <laughs> this is the dress I can sneak my body into. Uh, thankfully, Anthro now carries plus sizes, which is Yay. wonderful. And because of that, I felt like, oh, I've got like tips. You know, I can share like tips and I know like how things work. And I, I feel like I have some variety of knowledge that people need to know. Mm -hmm. And I started working on our store's Instagram account and I took so much like pleasure out of it they made me like the store's official like Instagram manager and each store at that time like had someone that was doing it mm -hmm. and eventually that program they couldn't sustain it just like financially and they wiped it and I was like well that was my favorite thing that I did mm -hmm. out here so like maybe I should start doing it myself mm -hmm. and I had already kind of like taken a few social media courses just because I had like you know things in LA that I needed to market so I kind of had a working knowledge of how to like use Instagram. And so I just used my personal account as like a dummy account. And gosh, the things that <laughs> happened after that yeah. were crazy. I And I don't normally talk about some of the things that I've been through on other like podcasts, just because I don't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. But like, I would say that like, I'll get into that later. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I had like a viral event that happened in 2018 that I a hundred thousand percent think was like manifestation and a thousand percent like a move it the opposite way. Ooh, aha. I want to know <laughs> more. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll just go into okay. it. I don't often talk about it, but if you Google me, like one of the first things that pops up is like, uh, there's like a massive backlash. I was like mildly canceled. I was on a flight with my fiance and we weren't seated together and we wanted to be seated together. And I had like maybe 17,000 Instagram followers at this time. So to many people, wow, that's a lot. But I feel like kind of industry ends in like the influencer world. It's kind of like small potatoes. You're not really getting like 
paid as much as you should be and things like that it's weird how it works because I feel like if I was in comedy and I had that amount of followers I'd be like I'm doing good (laughs) but it's totally different it's a weird world Mm -hmm. um so we're on this flight we switch seats with this woman and I say to Houston man it'd be so crazy if like some hot dude like came in and like sat next to her and this is where I get insane with my manifesting so I go on Twitter and I'm like I wish I could make a tweet that would go viral and I would um like land like my plane would land and everyone would hate me so like the opposite of that girl that tweeted something racist and landed and everyone hated her and uh wait did you mean everyone would love me Everyone would love okay, me. Sorry, okay, okay, okay. sorry, sorry, gotcha, sorry. Gotcha. I like need to switch it around. Yeah. I don't want anyone to hate me. Yeah, yeah, Boo. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boo, no, no, no. But I feel like that was like so incomplete. So I like, so this man sits next to this woman and he's a professional athlete. He's very hunky. Oh. And we start like, my fiance are like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like this have actually happened. And they start like speaking really loudly, having a very lively conversation. And I was like, oh, this is incredible. And I start like kind of showing it on my Instagram stories. I scratch out their faces with the little paint tool that you have. And I was just kind of like reporting it as it was happening. I got too excited. I shared too much. I can say that now as a reflection. Uh, And at the time I was like, I had 17,000 Instagram followers. People were loving the story. They thought it was so cute. And I had 400 followers on Twitter. So when I landed, I had a friend say, you should make this a Twitter thread. This is so cute. Like share this to your Twitter. And I was like, okay, fine. I like have, you know, 400. I don't really feel like it's going to do anything, but okay. But I have residual friends from the comedy community with massive followings on like following that Twitter. So they start to share this story Mm. and it picks up. It goes crazy viral, like (laughs) in a weird way. And I was so excited. And the thing is, I hate being this person because it sounds so like Republican-y of me, but I don't really trust the media because I got so many messages from giant like media conglomerates being like, this is the cutest thing we've ever heard. We want to interview you. We checked in. We only had the, the man's contact because he found the story because he's famous already. He's a professional athlete. He's a soccer player. And he was like, this is so cute. I could tell you guys were taking pictures of me. I know like what that feels like oh. in public. So like, go ahead and reveal that it's me. I'll talk to the girl. I don't know if she like wants it out yet, but like, go ahead and like reveal that it's me. And I did. And this is where I make my like awful mistake. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, you guys, like he's out and about his name is Ewan. like go follow him. This is his account. He wants you to follow him. I don't know her information, but this is the internet. I'm sure you guys could find her if you looked. And that's like how the internet fucking works, right? Mm-hmm. What that turned into was me being accused of doxing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, and it's crazy because I do see where I overstepped, like what boundaries are absolutely in hindsight, but it was monumental, the backlash because mm-hmm. the news cycle was very slow. So the first week, positive, positive, positive. So cute. Every journalist that talked to me, my fiance and I would say, Hey, is what we did ethical. We wanted to make sure that everything we did was like fine. Cause we will not participate in these interviews. 
if you think we did something unethical yes and we want to make sure that you've talked to all the other people involved and if they're okay moving forward Mm -hmm. they said that they talked to the woman involved the man involved and then us and everyone was okay with it the woman only wanted her first name revealed she was okay with it and then every single interviewer that we spoke with like whenever it would be on television they'd be like this is so cute or was it was it an invasion of privacy was it like blah 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 so like the turn happened Mm. and I'm not media trained I don't know how to interact with the public so I have all these people demanding that I apologize and this is kind of like the beginning of the notes app apology (laughs) and I took some calls on the phone with some of my biggest critics which was really difficult so like I took a few calls with people who were criticizing me publicly and by choice like you wanted to talk to them yeah I dm'd them I dm especially people with like massive followings you know that like I don't think their intention was to like sick more people on me by any means. I think they were just being critical of something that was occurring, which is mm-hmm. totally their right. And mm-hmm. I only spoke to women. Yes. <laughs> so, and they were all like really positive conversations. And I think they didn't like want pain to be inflicted on me. And some of them told me like I had some of the greatest advice that I've ever had in my life that I'll like hold on mm-hmm. to forever. Things like there's no room for nuance on the internet. Like mm-hmm. you can't, people will either like see you 100% as a villain or 100% mm-hmm. as the good guy. And there isn't anything like this person was well-intentioned, but they made a mistake that harmed people. Mm-hmm. And they've probably learned their lesson. Like my DMs were massively violent mm-hmm. and a lot of it was about my size. Mm-hmm. And I do what's what's been interesting after the fact is to witness other people doing the same thing that I did and being treated differently. Mm. And I just I just feel like it was my time to learn a lesson. Absolutely, and I learned it on a massive scale. Yeah. It's the most amount of like fame and disdain that I've ever felt like in in this short sp- a period of time and it has affected me so massively. Mm. But I feel like something that I've always held on to is like which and it comes from like childhood Christianity but now adulthood spirituality where it's like why have you, why are you doing this to me, God, or, you know, whatever you want to say. And then why are you doing this for me? Mm. You know? So like, and I think it is like, I, I probably was getting too sucked up in having any attention on me Mm. too sucked up in like, Oh, if I say something, everyone's going to love it and it's going to be great. And now I definitely know the difference of like what I would put up on a profile that's for my friends. And then what I would put up on a profile that's meant to be seen by everybody mm. and I don't know it's been a crazy situation and now I see people going through the same thing and I like roll into their dms and I'm like hey if you ever want to talk to anybody <laughs> I've been through it like yeah. let's have a conversation about how you can learn from this oh that's nice yeah that's beautiful that you take that out of it and that you're so open to talking about your mistake because mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all anyone, like, that's all I'm asking of humanity is just own up to it. Take, have Mm. fucking accountability, learn Mm -hmm. and grow. Like you don't have to already know everything. You can always be learning. But what I hate is when people take a sad boy approach and have a defeatist attitude or like, or a victim mindset. And it's like, no, we can all make choices. If you back it up, you can make a choice and then you can make a different choice and you can own up to the choices you made and you can learn. And it's like, amazing you Mm -hmm. did that. 
I think in the moment I would have been like, fuck cancel culture, just because it's um, massively overwhelming to have that many human contacts at once. Yeah. And I feel like that's why we have like a justice system in place because I, it was just, there are, there are different things. There's a difference between, that's why when I hear umbrella statements, like there's no such thing as cancel culture, I'd be like, there's a little bit of a call-in culture. And I definitely was critiqued by people that like wanted to say, like I had done something that was unethical, which I agree with. But then there are people who are like, I'm going to rape you, (sighs) you know, excuse me. I didn't trigger warning y'all, but like, that's like the, the super violent messages, people saying that like my fiance is gay. And then I fantasize about other relationships because like, he's not having sex with me, Mm. like crazy, like, invasive like violence so yeah 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 oh. and so like to when it when that conversation occurs and people are like uh there's no such thing as cancel culture it's call-in culture and people need to be held accountable absolutely yes i agree with that context of it but like not everyone who is talking to you if you're going through this if you've done something publicly that's like not that's unethical not everyone who's going to speak to you is going to be somebody that's like wanting you to learn or wants you to find resolution a Mm. lot of people are just hateful people that yes might hate a fat person might hate a woman and use this as their opportunity to come in and create more violence especially on the internet because they feel like because they have a screen name and avatar it's not real life and it's not like they can they're allowed to but it's like no there's human beings on both ends of these Mm. cell phones and I think so many people forget that or they don't care which is worse yeah well back to one of your lessons you learned of there's no nuance on the internet yes that makes so much sense because there's no smell there's no sight of the person you can't feel the energy it Mm. is text and as we know from texting Mm. fuck boys it's like it can always be misinterpreted or it can, it's open for interpretation. So there is no nuance. Like that made so much sense to me. And I think that it goes to with anyone that you're witnessing online, be they your best friend or be they like an influencer or celebrity, you're going to create narrative from every image Mm. you see. And narrative has also no room for nuance either because we just see bad guys and good guys Mm -hmm. and as opposed to someone who is in a place in their life where they're making mistakes because they're going down the wrong path and someone that like I definitely needed to be educated and that's why I called the people that were being critical of Mm -hmm. me because at the time like I did feel victimized and I knew at the same time that I had hurt someone and had overstepped a boundary because nobody deserves Mm -hmm. to be out in public living their own life and have a narrative constructed about what's occurring in their life. So I'm also doing the same thing Mm. to someone else. And I, I mean, I have, I have no idea like what happened to her and what went down. And at the same time, like if I'm even going to get a little weird, the only voice I was communicating with was a man who was interested in like the fame of it all. Mm. So, and it's weird because he also was very kind to us. It was just, it's a very convoluted situation, but I've learned immensely from it and I'll still get a little reminder here and there there'll be someone who just read the story mm-hmm. who will come into like my space and be like how oh, you you know you built this platform on this situation you deserve to like ha- like not have a job and I'm like I don't know 
you deserve just because to you have a job cute. because you're talking about the situation. <laughs> like you have, yeah, meant to be. What you said about we see people as good guys or bad guys. I just learned this concept of dialectical thinking, like DBT, mm. dialectical behavioral therapy. It's the idea that you can hold two opposing views at the same time and that that's sort of the mm. way to find peace of mind. So like you can... I'll use a personal example. You can feel like you love your ex and you thank them for everything they gave you and everything you shared and you hate them mm. for dumping you wow. out of the blue. <laughs> but both, a lot of times in life, two opposing views are actually true within you at the same time. Yeah. Wow. They can exist. I mean, that applies exactly to what I am talking right? about. Because I, I see myself as someone who did something not that bad but then I also see myself as somebody who like messed up in a big way mm -hmm. and like harmed people mm -hmm. so like it's it's totally and I want everybody to feel yeah. that because I feel like that is the true path to like analyzing your actions yeah. and and changing for the better yeah because you have to love yourself enough to see like hey like I don't deserve to hurt but why am I experiencing pain right now it's because I you know, through that and out into the world. Yes. You know? Yes. I so appreciate you sharing that story because yeah, I really like I've made mistakes on the internet. I know I feel like almost everyone has. Oh yeah. yeah. I just got called sexist the other day for posting a vibrator video and had to take it down. Wow. Yeah. I was making a joke, but it was too nuanced. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I do the same thing all the time. I think that especially when we I don't think you can pose questions mm. on the internet. I feel like, cause I, I feel like I brought up the Billie Eilish magazine cover. And I really think it's interesting to like, Billie is like taking control of her body, doing all this. But I've also seen this like so many times before where like any young person who has kind of like started their career as like a child star. Mm. And then is like, all of a sudden, like you guys, I have boobs. Uh. <laughs> and it's just like, that's, but that's also at the same time, I think like this and that everybody's like, like journey with their sexuality, like as a young person, mm -hmm. like, aren't you suddenly like, Hey guys, I have boobs <laughs> like <laughs> out of nowhere. And I feel like I posed that question and people thought I was like cr criticizing mm -hmm. her for the move, but I was like, no, I just wanted to have dialogue around it. Cause I think it's interesting that like we as an audience can be told, Hey, this is feminist. And then we're a, a minute immediately like, yes, queen, as opposed to thinking like, Hey, like this is a strategic move that could be used to like sell records and like she may seem like an indie artist, but she's also like in charge of so many people's incomes and jobs mm. and things like that. So even calling that question, I was like, oh, this is a really shitty reflection on me. But like, I mean, mm. have those debates with your friends. Don't do it on the yeah. internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, again, what you said before, it's a reflection of like the times and what she's going through, the media scrutiny that she must be under, how she's been sexualized before mm. she was 18 when she was wearing baggy clothes. Mm -hmm. So like she's taking power of it kind of because she had to. Yeah. Otherwise they would have just kept begging for it and finally she's like this is my fucking body now leave me alone like i so relate to that because i have surprise bitch yeah. <laughs> get over it yes and it's like people sexualize it so much Ugh. oh yeah when my yeah. boobs came in i hated it i tried to make myself flatter i felt like i don't want to look like a woman like i look too womanly like how crazy is that how it's uh, back to the two two opposing things at once it's like 
or sort of programmed to think we should be a stick with big boobs and a fat ass, but then we're also programmed to be a skinny, flat, like boyish, baggy, like what? Oh, mm-hmm. it's, it's so confusing. It's so confusing. That's and what you, I was going to say. And you can't have both. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, right? mm-hmm. I feel like, I, I don't know when you guys were going through puberty, but I feel like, cause I was hanging out in the mid two thousands mm-hmm. puberty time. And I feel like the, the public eye was on like Paris Hilton. Yes. yes. And Nicole Richie. Nisha Barton. Yeah. Lindsay yeah. Lohan. Yes. Same Hillary here. Duff. Yes. I'm, I was going through puberty around the OC too, like early aughts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's, it's so, and it's interesting because like now there's like a whole different like set of norms. It's yeah. really interesting that a body types can be trends. And I feel right? like that's so disgusting. Yeah. Because... Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's like, I, no, you go ahead, Leah. <laughs> I yeah. love your TikToks talking about um, female leads in movies who were portrayed as fat, who are not fat. How did yeah. that like um, idea come? When did you first notice that? And like, what was your journey of talking about it on TikTok too? I'll tell you guys everything. I feel like I'm being more honest on this because oh, I write into like interviews. I'm like, I won't talk about the plane thing. Like I, but I'm like, okay, I'll talk about it with you guys. Because you'll let me act that. like explore all the emotional nuance mm-hmm. of that, you know? Yeah. So, so with that particular series, honestly, I had been doing a bunch of body positive content on TikTok for a long time, but it gets pushed down the more it's actually about fat people. So I thought, how can I still push out a message to a mass audience and not have it suppressed. And I was like, well, I can think of something that revolves around straight size bodies that I find harmful to everybody. So something that's like crazy to me is that there are so many movies where there's like a fat character, she gets made fun of. And then you look at the poster of her standing next to her co-stars and she just has a little fat face or a little round face. And they're all the same size. Like if you look at the now and then poster, which I believe kind of like triggered this conversation because you know in quarantine I was watching all my favorite yes. movies to soothe myself so <laughs> yes. and I feel like you know it's like a little fat child you have like you clock every time you see someone that kind of looks like you or has a narrative that reminds you of your life mm-hmm. and I just have like I have like a Rolodex in my mind of every single time I even remember extras like featured extras like coffee shop owners and it's because we don't have that same kind of like like bring like that uh exposure mm-hmm. and I'll talk like little sidebar here that's why auditioning in LA was insane mm. because every single time I had to go out for a part I couldn't just go out for a one-line waitress role I had to go out for a role that would justify my fat body being on screen so it would have to be like mm. part of the story so so many so many actresses build their careers on those like one line like featured extra type roles and that just wasn't an opportunity that was available to me, mm. which I think is like crazy. So I feel like that's why I have that working knowledge of like, oh yes, I remember every single fat character in every single movie. And then you look at these women who were put into this category. So like Melanie Linsky in Ever After, she played one of the Sep's sisters in that, called a fat character. Mm. Her career has been littered with that same narrative and she is not a fat person. Mm. Um, Jennifer Goodwin has mm-hmm. really felt that too with Mona Lisa's smile. There's so many people who, and that's bad for everybody because that's teaching thinner people. If you have a round face, yeah. 
you're bad. You're overweight. That's not the case, whatever. And it's teaching fat people. You must be so far off the edge of like, what is appealing? What is attractive? Because we are crushing these people who are thin, you know? So it's, I think it's affecting everyone across the board. And it's also like not accurately describing the body that these people have, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's so much that goes into it. And I feel like it's harmful for everybody watching. And then also why can't these bodies just merely exist as part of like, there's often no need for a fat person to be called out in a, in a storyline. There's no need. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's always like, maybe she has, it's when you look back, it's like, she's always nervous. She's always like kind of the, you know, the one that doesn't have like a, a positive relationship with a boyfriend or like is single kind of like the you know, chronically single girl. Right. And she's kind of like the supportive friend to the skinny girl that does have the guy. Like, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Maybe she's like the joke, like Rebel Wilson. Funny one. Right. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Oh, I've got thoughts on Rebel Mm -hmm. Wilson. I feel like the whole character of Fat Amy is just a screenwriting device. So the thinner screenwriter can make fat jokes. I never loved Pitch Perfect. I'll say it. I never loved it because the whole Fat Amy thing, like, let's think of something else I'm sh- she's a funny girl she's beautiful yeah there's got to be more than just all these fat jokes fat and horny I feel like that's mm. the combination <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. fat and horny and you know what's wow. so funny is that people call out Melissa McCarthy for this but I think that there's a slight bit of nuance in her career mm. then because I think Melissa is always playing broad characters and is always kind of like like done up to look crazy Whereas Rebel will be in full glam makeup and still the butt of the joke. Mm. And I don't. I see the distinction you're describing for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that Melissa likes playing like people that are like very quirky, eccentric. Like, I think that's her choice. Yeah. 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 Or really self-conscious. She plays both really well. And she like, you know, they're always like specific people and you're like, I've seen this person before. And I know like what kind of story you're telling me, but when I see rebel, it's just like, Mm. I think she wants to be glamorous and beautiful. And she keeps having to like do these types of roles. If rebels feeling more caricature, when you point these things out versus Melissa feeling more character, like, like the real more so. Yeah. Um, I love the how you talk about Kate Winslet too, because I remember growing up thinking of her as a quote bigger person, and then yeah. my adult eyes, she's like, not. She's, she's so like, trim. What, size six. <laughs> yeah, I saw an interview recently, and I wish I had seen it like to put like with my video, <sighs> but it was I think it was after it was still an in our past, but after uh-huh. Titanic, and I think Kate was doing press for maybe revolutionary road no she was doing press for finding neverland because johnny depp was with her on the sofa Mm. and um she was talking to oprah winfrey about how on set dicaprio and she thinks of this as like a treasured memory Mm. but to me it's the most backhanded like weird controllable woman ever he was like it's good that you're the size you are because it looks more accurate and a lot of girls are gonna feel like seen by you Mm. and she thinks of that as like a really treasured memory and I feel like if someone like identified my body like that while I'm on set of this massive film I'd be like maybe I just got the part because I'm a really talented young English actress Mm. who's classically trained and can serve the exact story (sighs) and it's so 
And I just feel so weird about that now, like in hindsight that he told her that and she was complimented by it. Mm -hmm. I think I might've been complimented by it too as a 22 year old, but like, it just felt so bizarre Mm -hmm. to hear this interview and to know that he said that. He made it about that and it shouldn't be. I did. And the comments were great. Oh, good, good. All the comments were like, so why does he date skinny models? Like, oh, yeah. Like they were all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That is all under 25. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You. Listeners already know, but like my my first spank bank was the scene of the car sex, though, from Titanic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Oh, yeah. Like, and it, I mean, here's the thing. He was right because I definitely was like, she she's more womanly and so I thought like he looks younger than her he looks skinnier than her and I was like oh he is like that scene like him like shaking and she says like you're she says like you're shivering or something like that and he's like can't say anything you can tell like we didn't see what happened but you know that she just like rocked his world yes yes Yes. And it didn't seem like a deflowering to me no, either. You're right. It seemed like she knew like what was going on. Well, yeah. she she did because she. This is something I love too. When she drops the robe, she was like, "I want you to draw." I would play that in my head. I want you to draw me wearing my necklace, only my necklace. Like if she yeah. drops it, it's such a power move. Like she's owning it. She's owning mm-hmm. her nudity whatever the body yeah. shape is. She's just owning herself nude. Like that's huge. That robe too. That robe was beautiful. Oh, oh. All, all the, all her dresses yeah. were pretty too. Yes. Oh man. So, it's such a good movie for women. I feel like that's, she's fabulous in that. Mm-hmm. So fabulous. And I, I really do hate knowing that like behind the scenes and even being Oscar nominated, she was being like torn apart, like behind the scenes. And I mm. think that that we never think of that when we watch that movie. I don't think anyone thinks, "Look it's, at this fat lady!" No. Like no. this gorgeous so woman. Crazy. Yeah, yes. It's just weird how like I don't know what it is. Is it journalism? Is it comedians outside of it? Because I think there's even a Family Guy clip where they mm. reference her as the fat chick from Titanic. <gasps> yeah, you're so mm. right. Like this is like it's it's insane to look back and realize in something I had never thought of that these images of bodies were so skewed to us. It's so crazy. My favorite part of your TikToks is every time when you go, and it probably messed with your development. <laughs> I mean, yes. yes. I like I like that because you kind of sounded like Mr. Burns just now. <laughs> that was a pretty good. Messed with your development. Oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> when did you find like spirituality? You said you were born born into like a Christian home. When did you become into whatever you're into? I feel like this is probably a lot of us, but I definitely, I would say that I am, I'll tell you this, when I'm in a car accident, if anything dangerous happens, I'm calling for Jesus, not mother Mm -hmm. earth. And I feel like that's always like, I, even if I'm taking like a terrible shit, I'll pray (laughs) to God. (laughs) So like, and I think that that's just like in my heart like forever like it's from childhood but I would say that like I am a very spiritual person very witchy person if you open my bedside table there's like five tarot decks in there and I mean I also have that goddess deck that you guys like so I bought it because of you influenced um (laughs) honored and um so I feel like my earliest memories of kind of participating in a witchy spirituality 
or I would go outside and there was this red bucket, this metal red bucket in our backyard. And I would just put plants in it and water in it. And I would like drink the water. I also like was nude in my backyard a lot. Like even going into high school, I would go out in my backyard, like naked in the middle of the night, like with a sheet and just like dance under the moon. Yeah. It just was such an impulse. And I felt like I would like cry. I would feel so spiritual. I would just like weep from like the happiness and the joy and the pleasure of it. Are you a Scorpio? No, I'm a cancer. Okay. Okay. Water though. So feeling those feelings. Yes. Yeah. You're, you sound incredibly intuitive. I would say that I am. I, I have had a lot of like very crazy moments where I can see things and can you tell us one of those stories? Does any of them like stick out a crazy synchronicity? I, I, there was a woman in the comedy community and she was throwing a birthday party for, uh, a guy she was dating at the time who, I mean, like, I'm going to roast him in this story. (laughs) And, um, and they wanted to have like, kind of like a bunch of like games and stuff like that at this, um, this, um, birthday party, birthday party. So they had me like read tarot in a tent and they made me a really beautiful tent. And I read tarot for everybody. And I just like, whenever I'm reading tarot, I don't read the same way. I just use them like intuitively. I just need something to fumble with, with my hands Cause I know that if someone came in who has like a lot more experience reading tarot, they'd be like, well, pentacles don't, that's not really what that means. And I would just kind of like touch and feel and like, just keep my hands busy and let my like kind of intuition guide me. So I like, I know I made like three grown men cry. That yes! day. Love doing that. <laughs> and, um, a woman came in and I was like, I just see like a pink dress. Like there's a really special pink dress in your future. And she was like, I found my wedding dress today and it's pink. And I felt so bad about like the fact that I bought a pink, like vintage dress as opposed to like a traditional wedding dress. And I was like, that's crazy. This is fabulous. So this, this man who the party was for, it was his birthday. He came into the tent and I got the nastiest vibes from him. Ugh, gross puke. And I, in my mind, I'm like, you're going to cheat on your girlfriend. And I'm reading tarot and he's like drunk. It's his birthday. And he's like, I can't pay attention. I'm looking at your boobs. (gasps) Like he actually said it like out loud, like after I had that vibe. And then they Mm. like broke up like not too long after for like similar reasons. And I was like, yeah, your intuition spot fucking on. Wow. There's been like more than a few of those moments. And then also I definitely like. Wait, was it because he cheated? Did he cheat? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, like serially. Oh, wow. Yeah. And with the comment he made to you, that's that makes sense. Like you saw proof of it right after you saw the vision. (laughs) Yeah. So other instances, like I said, I made that tweet and then that shit actually happened. The first thing I did when was delete that tweet. (laughs) Like as soon as like. I got wind of any like negative vibes was I was just like, I'm deleting the tweet where I'm like, I wished I could go viral because it seems like I did this on purpose, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get that. Cause it was just like it, I think a lot of people were like, she did this to get famous. And I'm like, well, I would enjoy the fame that would come. (laughs) But you guys know, like it's very, very hard to like get your content seen by people. It's one of the hardest things (gasps) you can do as a person that's like creating for the internet. Uh Mm -hmm. And you can't, it's funny how the internet thinks like 
you can just make things happen just by putting it out there. Mm -hmm. I would say I would consider myself like a digital witch because I feel like I've manifested like on the internet pretty significantly. Yes, I love that. You are one. I just feel like the internet is such an interesting fabric of like humanity and like, like spirits and souls and like people interacting with each other. It's so quick. I've definitely like seen women that I've thought of like as aspirational who I would consider peers and friends now. So that's been like pretty crazy right. to like have that kind of thing occur. Oh, that's how we feel with like, we've become friends with listeners and it's like such, it's so cool that we could connect. Mm-hmm. And that is because of digital magic. Digital witch, digital witch. Yeah. I don't know if, if that's a genre, but I feel like it must be. Yeah, um, we've had we've had one digital witch on, Captolia, and you are saying really similar stuff. So you're definitely a mm-hmm. digital witch. I feel like if you look at Kanye West's tweets from like 2011 or like even 2013, I feel like he was just manifesting on Twitter, like all caps. I saw something recently like as a meme and they were like, well, Kanye was right. And it was something like from 2011, he was on a plane and he was like, I hate when people give me a water bottle and now I have to be like responsible for a water bottle. And it's like, oh, we're all responsible for our water bottles now because I don't want to like, if you hand me a plastic water bottle, I'm like, get this away from me. I don't know what I'm going to have to do with this. Like now I'm, you've just made my carbon footprint. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And then just like, um, I feel like I've had interactions with the spirit world pretty intensely. Like I've heard my grandmother laughing in her own urn at her funeral, just like chuckling. And I was like, y'all hear this? I'm turning around, looking over my shoulder. I don't think anyone can see that. (laughs) What kind of laugh was it? Was it like, was she amused or? Oh, she thought it was hilarious. She (laughs) had a huge personality. She was a I wish I want, I want to write a story about her or a screenplay because she was a donut girl in World War II. What does that and mean? she traveled. They had a donut truck with the army overseas. Whoa. Like serving donuts to soldiers. And she was with Patton's, like Patton's army at one point, like in crazy situations. Holy so, shit. like, there, and all of her stories are so matter of fact <laughs> and just like sassy and like kind of like rude. So, <laughs> She was in Paris when there were a lot of like bombings, right? Oh. And she would go at it at night and tell her roommates like, don't sleep under the window. You could get like cut up at night because the glass would break. And then I would go back home and they would be all cut up because they slept under the window. Like that's how she was. So she was a witch too, probably. <laughs> she was like, I, I assume so. Intuitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She has, she's a sassy lady who I want to model after myself. I'll tell one more little oh. grandma anecdote. Yeah. Because this is very like, She's got a, she's a rude woman. You already are so I, sassy, by the way. I feel like that already Yeah, you're fulfilling you. this dream. Oh, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Yes. Like, sh- I wish I could be this. This is the most petty shit I've heard in my life. At Christmas, she sent out a card one year that she had to like go get made. And it was her uh, image of her walking three dogs. And the heads of the do- dogs were women that she did not like, who were like mean to her. Bitches. <laughs> Savage. That her Christmas she card? That, she yes. sent that out to a lot of people. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and 
I would not, I could not do that. I'd be like so afraid of the percussion. And I just love that. Like she was playful. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably very embarrassing to the people around her, but yeah. I, it's a good story for like a different gender. It's a good story for a grandchild to tell. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, but this was before I Photoshop. How did she even do that? I think that Collage. like it had to have been in the 70s or 80s. And like, I think Xerox had been available. So I think she cut and pasted it herself and then had it like Xerox. That's mm-hmm. a lot of effort. And printed. I mean, <laughs> she was a hateful bitch. I'm assuming like it's very funny to me. I still have like a person who wronged me their name in my brain for like, if I ever get to give, I mean, when I get to give an Oscar acceptance speech, yeah, they will be called out. Mm. Will you say thank you or fuck you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my plan was always to say bleep bleep. This is not because of you, or this is like in Mm. no thanks to you. Oh my God. I think that's, I love it. I love the pettiness. I wonder if your grandma, I wonder if your grandma had a similar sign or something that, something that does hold on to a little bit of grudges. I think she's a Leo. There's so okay, many Leos okay. in my mm. family. What are your, I've dated so many Leos. What are your other signs? I'm a Cancer rising Ooh. and I'm a Cancer and I'm an Aries moon. Oh, okay. So. so you're a double Cancer with an Aries moon. I'm a double Scorpio with an Aries moon. So we're both water, fire, steam, baby. (laughs) I love it. I do too. It's intense though, right? How do you feel like that like leads you? Do you feel like you're most connected with cancer or does Aries come into play? Um, It depends because my Aries is in like my house of career and like public image and how Mm. people perceive me. So I feel like I'm very like, okay, intense where I need to be. Yes. And, and just like really, really ambitious. And I don't want to say cutthroat, but like, I have very little time to like spend my energy, like fiery, becoming too emotional. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And everything else, I melt into a little pool of tears. Everything else. (laughs) Gotta put the fire out. Also, this makes so much sense why you weren't into the bar culture of improv because cancer is like homebody, like get in that shell, baby. Yeah. 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 And I, now I feel like I have like insane boundaries as far as that goes. Like Good. I definitely am like, come to my house. I'll cook for yes, you. Yes. And I think when I was in LA, I threw a bunch of house parties. I went to several. They were always so yes. fun. I remember that murder three one where we all had like kill someone, right? Dude, it was a, it was a sleeper agent party. Yes. I feel so badass for creating this. So I emailed so everybody fun. a song like and it was your song to do like a dare or like some kind of activity and in the play all the songs were put onto a party playlist so as soon as like your song came on you had to do your aid like what you were given the task you were delivered as an as a secret agent and if anyone caught you your name would like go on a board and the people that like hadn't been caught whoever like hadn't got caught would get a prize that's that's amazing I wish I could have (laughs) gone I want to go to one and my my assignment was like to dance and scream during this one song so people thought I was crazy I don't even think they caught the sad part is I don't think they caught on that it was part of the game they were like well, oh, no that's Leo's good crazy <laughs> that was like but that's a pretty out there one you could have so easily been caught like but the idea was that people would get drunk because I served up a poisonous punch every time we had one of these parties I did this like Paula Dean recipe punch where it was just like 
ginger ale, pineapple juice, um, sherbet, and Everclear. Oh. And I would <laughs> like college. It was awesome. It really was like college. Oh. But that, I feel like that's how I could have a social life yeah. and still like maintain my cancery yes. like mm-hmm. needs. I'd be like, I'm gonna throw a massive house party, so you just come to my home. Yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so relate. Oh. Yeah, actually, when I think of you, that's that's the first memory that I think of is your house party. It was so fun. Oh my god, I feel that makes me feel so good because I put so much labor into those there was parties. Like puffs. I always. I specifically remember being big bowls of cheese puffs there. (laughs) I would like do a full like table of snacks. Like I wanted to feel like these things happened quarterly and you could not miss them. And it would always have some kind of like activity involved because I just wanted to throw the party that I would want to be invited to. Oh yeah. So Mm -hmm. cancer, so mother energy, like Uh making it happen. (laughs) I love that you remember that. I feel like that's deep cut dude like that that one was a chaotic party because some people mm-hmm. could handle their task and some people were just like <laughs> trash but that was kind of the fun part of that yeah. was the fun. <laughs> oh, all right I think it's time for a reading yes let's do it I'm so excited are yes. you feeling anything to ask Rosie like and anything coming up for you that you want to ask the cards oh yeah um so I just signed with a new agency yesterday. It's been a very like positive Congrats. new moon for me. I'm excited. And my fiance and I are talking about like moving to a different city in the next year. And I just wanted to know if the one that we're thinking of, we're thinking about Brooklyn. We're okay. thinking about East Coast. I want some freaking fall leaves in my life. <laughs> yes. And I just wanted to feel out like what opportunities were like in that direction, what the vibe was in that direction. Okay. So. Okay. Love that. All right. I mean, LA is always on our mind too. Oh, okay. I mean, Ooh, every, I'm, I'm, I'm open to anything should it present itself, you know? I would love to have you back. It would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, either way, I think our paths will cross. Oh, yes. All of our paths oh, will yes. cross. I feel like good fun is happening I, today. Oh, I see that too. Love that. Okay. Let's all take a deep inhale, hold it at the top, and then let it go. Okay, whoa, I, I just immediately like heard Chicago. Oh, I don't know, because I hate this. Oh, okay. So- <laughs> <laughs> I just saw you in Chicago, maybe a job or something. Something's going to bring you to Chicago. Okay, maybe a little party. <laughs> or maybe just the pizza, honey. Yeah, deep dish. Ooh, okay, here it is. I oh, see okay. it. She's hiding it's this one. She's playing with me. Oh, slimy. Number two. So there's like green drips coming from the top. And then there's one, two, three, four, five, six frogs. Am I crazy? That looks like me. It literally does look like you. The blonde, the long blonde hair. Yeah. She's thick too. She's like, and she has Mm. cool makeup. Mm -hmm. She's done up. Do you have any connection to frogs or slimy or green? Does any of this? My mom collects frogs. My mom like collects little frog statues and she's always drawing them. Oh my gosh. And my fiance reminds me of Kermit the frog and I miss Piggy. Where does your mom live? Would you, would you be moving to where she is? Is that what this is saying? My mom lives in Dallas. I mean, like that's also been something we've thought about too. 
because it's like I want to get pregnant I want to be I want to be giant pregnant lady for like four years like I want to make I want to be the oven I want to make babies make babies make babies and we thought like I just want to wear like a giant muumu and just be pregnant like through the rest of my 30s you're gonna have six kids oh god is that possible I'd have to be a fertile myrtle I'm 33 (laughs) this summer so I'd have to like rock and roll you know witchy number (laughs) yeah let's see Let's see what Slimy says. Slimy. A beautiful but envious woman sits in a puddle of slime and a plague of frogs and blood that she has brought upon herself. In a negative place, you can tend to attract more of that energy and can dwell in a slimy, icky place. When you embrace jealousy, you do not move forward. She wears a veil, protecting herself from being seen truly. This card can relate to other people in your life, a situation, or your own current state. You can't have power over others' sliminess, but you can affect your own. If you are feeling in a slimy state, you don't need to shame yourself, but have awareness. Try to transmute jealousy into inspiration because where jealousy paralyzes your creativity, inspiration lifts it up. You might need to roll around in that gooey slime for a while before you come back up to the surface. Reaction. Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. what? I had, I was like, oh, this is okay. Yes. What? Ooh, I'm going to be totally free for a second. Yeah. Just like, safe, so safe. first of all, I have two things. So I, I'm in my mind that picked up like someone else, mm-hmm. like not me. I feel like I'm paying, like, I feel booked and blessed. Like right now, I feel like I'm not really paying attention. I will be honest. There is a place that I feel feel like I've been avoidant of just because of some personalities <laughs> and <laughs> that I'm like I don't know if I want to be like around here and I feel like that's sort of affirming that <laughs> choice wow because I don't I mean I would call myself out if that was the situation yeah. you know um because I'm pretty good at that I shit. can I confirm like that I didn't feel that was talking about you with the jealousy but I did feel it might have been talking about someone being jealous of you Mm, that's what yeah. I was feeling when she read that. And also I noticed how many times it said state as in what state are you living in? <laughs> we could take that literally. And it said place a lot, the place Whoa. you're in, the place wow. you're in. So you were asking about moving and it did talk about moving. That's funny. Yeah. It's definitely, I've been like choosing between the coasts. I'm going to have to be so explicit. <laughs> I could get myself found out for this, but I, cause I, you know, there's been some personalities that I've been avoidant of, and I just don't know how positive those relationships are serving me. Mm-hmm. And so the and, idea would be to avoid, to, to not move to those places. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. definitely feel like at least that's like an affirmation of that. Yeah. But- which is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, <laughs> It's not going to be Texas. I'll say that for sure. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Well, I think they fucking answered the question. That's crazy. I can't believe the frog connection with your mom, too. Yeah. That's positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's sweet. Because at first I was like, oh, my mom likes frogs. Maybe I'll ask my mom's advice. Maybe that's... Leah, what, what what were your, what vibes did you pick up off of that? Oh, I have to ask the similar, similar to what you guys are saying. I'm also wondering if like frogs reminds me of a swamp. I'm like, are you going to New Orleans or Atlanta or somewhere where it's like a little 
swampy kind of vibe southern i did want to check out atlanta i have a girlfriend mm. that told that tells me she thinks i'd be a great like basic nashville blogger and i'm kind (laughs) of like oh that's not that's tennessee but i also have a girlfriend in atlanta who says come visit me out here so there's i mean everything's up in the air and it's so i just i just want to be fat and pregnant like that is (laughs) You guys, I just want to have a Mama Cass summer, like oh, you know. Mama Cass, yes. Oh, she Wait, was she only that? twenty uh, from the Mamas and the Papas. Oh, Cass Elliot. Cass yeah. Elliot. She's oh, such a beautiful voice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah, she would wear like gorgeous seventies moo moo gowns. Uh-huh. And, oh, I'm reading it them. too. Like you, you are the frog leaping, mm-hmm. leaping to your next. Take the Ooh. leap of faith. That's beautiful. Take a leap. I'm feeling all the vibes yes! right now. I feel, ooh, and I mean, I, I like I, my horoscope recently was like, you're going to have to deal with something that's been on the back burner in your mind. Someone's been petty in your life and you have to deal with mm. that. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I feel like I have hinted enough in our podcast and I'm like, oh, if, she, if the person I'm describing takes a listen mm. to this, they're going to have a question. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully maybe you've talked to them before then. no No. I've been very avoidant I've been so (laughs) avoidant that's the problem with me I'm I'm an avoidant person I don't address things head on Mm. so wow yikes that's so interesting because that's what happened with my partner that was a cancer I wonder if it is part of that protective shell it's harder Mm, for you guys to I would a thousand percent yeah yeah I agree with you it's been it's been a recurring issue but when I'm direct magic happens like I told you I called out the people that were critiquing me yes Mm -hmm. like that led to a lot of answers but it is hard for me to assert when someone has wronged me Mm -hmm. we're doing deep work today we're doing therapy we are doing therapy (laughs) for all of us trust me like that is something the card said about rolling in the slime though so I feel like I am kind of challenging you to go to that discomfort a little bit Mm -hmm. in whatever way (laughs) your intuition tells you is the way to do it yeah. Oh man. But I also give oh, you compassion. Man. I also give you mm-hmm. compassion on that because oh. it is slimy. This person sounds like they are in the sliminess. So mm. it's not fun. that. That card is like so beautiful though. Mm. I'll say that. Like I love that it's called slimy. slimy. Yeah. So gross. <laughs> I can send you a picture of it too. Please do. Yeah. yeah. And send me a picture of everything. Cause I'm going to, I don't think to interpret things like you hearing place so many times, right. Rachel. I think that's so interesting and fascinating because mm-hmm. I feel like I just look for like the meaning and I don't like search around in it. I just like look for that broad mm-hmm. meaning, but I think that's really, really interesting and an elegant way to interpret cards. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And state it said state multiple times. So I'm excited and then for your change. The number two, I'm like, are you going to have two kids? What's the two? Two is balance. Two is like justice, mm. fairness. Maybe there's mm. two is also, I believe, giver in the Enneagram. So being a mother is very much giving. Mm. You were talking about motherhood. The frogs reminded you of your mom and you're talking about wanting to be a mom. Mm. It's all in there. Wow. That's really cool. There's a lot going on. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna have to have a call with Kathy later <laughs> on today. <laughs> Mama Kathy. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Mama Kath. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cast with a lisp. <laughs> Mama Kath. Oh. Kath. That's so funny. All right. Oh. Well, this is so fun. I like yeah. don't want it to end. Same. Thank I feel you like we're so on a party, and I want to hang out more with you guys. 
I think I think we need to have like drinks, yes, slumber yes. party, like the whole vibe, the whole story. Let's do that. Food, snacks. If you ever want to come out to Texas, like a, it's the wild west out here. So bring your mask. Okay. People aren't careful. Okay. But I welcome you, and I want to take you to all the Tex-Mex spots. Fuck mm. yes, that would be fun. that'd be amazing. Maybe yeah. we'll get to tonight. And I'll probably be in LA before you know okay. it. I'm always jet setting. Good, yeah, but good, yeah, good, we'll good, good. this happen. This is beautiful. I'm very excited. Um, awesome. And where can our listeners, who I'm sure at this point fucking love you, find all your mm. stuff? I am at. This is gonna be complicated. I made this so hard three years ago for everybody. It's at R O S E Y B E E like a bumblebee. Me. I'm at Rosie B Me everywhere. So that's Instagram, TikTok. At the, there's like a URL attached to that there's a Twitter as you've learned there's <laughs> you know like kind of a YouTube channel that doesn't get a lot of love and attention but I'm primarily on Instagram primarily on my Instagram stories I kind of like have an ongoing vlogging experience <sighs> there for everybody what is Amazing. the meaning and of TikTok, that she's hilarious that handle uh, it's Rosie that's me B it's my last name and then I'm just being <laughs> myself yes <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people think my name is rosie beam they think that's like my oh, name but it is oh i see i yeah. get it and i've also thought of that too because i'm like oh like a beam of light Ooh, you know yes. like positivity a balance beam seeking balance <clears throat> everything oh, a beam that supports structure like Ooh. working on that foundation Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you guys <laughs> This is a spe very special five-hour episode. Yeah. Of <laughs> we can keep going. Um, oh. In closing, let's wrap it up with a basic blessing. This is something we're each grateful for today. Oh, I'm so grateful for the Groupon I got to pull classes. Oh! Ooh. Ooh. She like, I am taking it up so quick. It feels like it was, I feel like I'm living out a past life right now with these pole classes. Mm. Today's the four year anniversary of my first kiss with my fiance. Oh. So I feel so, I feel like today is just like a magical date. We're going, and it was so funny. We didn't plan for this, but he booked us a, a night out at our first restaurant the whole, like oh. in the last year. So, and he didn't know that it was that like fateful anniversary day so i think that i'm just grateful for my fiance and like the romance that today holds i love that wait i love love can you tell the story of your first kiss <laughs> yes okay oh we're to i know it's gonna be a, a long episode <laughs> so houston and i were kind of peripheral friends in the comedy community out here in dallas at, uh, around a theater which unfortunately closed during the pandemic called Dallas Comedy House. Mm -hmm. And I've met a lot of really special people at that theater. And this theater is crazy because there are at least, I want to say 15 to 20 marriages that have come out of it. It's a very, like, so many people have gotten married and had babies <gasps> because of this theater. Saying, yes, and yes, and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it has like a lot of like couple vibes there. And I felt like, I don't know, like, I know like three of my really close friends met at this theater and like I've attended weddings because of its crazy oh. place. The bones are still there. It's going to be a new comedy theater that's going to be owned by someone who I think is previously from the pit in Chicago. Mm. Oh, there's Chicago coming up in your mind. Maybe, oh, okay. maybe I stay out here with the, with my mom who loves frogs. 
and I hang out at this theater that's connected to Chicago. Okay, sorry, I'm just making all the connections right now. <laughs> right, meow. And um, <laughs> I've got to get over my Texas hurdles first. <laughs> and wow, there's so there's there's slime in Texas. I'll be blunt. There are some slimy people in Texas. Now they're gonna know who I'm talking oh, about. Shit. I'm sure, but. There's some slimy folks in Texas, and I feel like in order to participate in this theater, I would have to have some conversations. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and um, so Houston and I were peripheral friends. I have no idea why, but we had this ongoing bit. It was because we were at a jam, and we had like an eight-minute scene during a jam, which you guys know is pretty intense. Yeah. Long. We got we got a standing ovation, <gasps> and it was for a jam, and we played like a husband and a wife, oh! and he was like this is like kind of our first real time interacting with each other. We played a husband and a wife on stage and I was like a cannibal and he would like bring me people to eat. So he would like bring people like up to the stage and I would like eat them. And he was like my loyal, humble servant who was feeding me people. And after that night, we had like an ongoing bit like that we were married and we like exchanged rings and like did the bit like online, like so intensely, like, I hired a photographer for our wedding. I did this for our wedding. And because of that, we just started spending more time together. Mm -hmm. And there was an occasion where we were just at an outdoor bar with all of our friends and I kept getting vibes from him. And I don't know if this has been your dating experience in the comedy world, but there were so many just like flaky personalities that I felt would be like, I don't know, like, don't you fall in love with your scene partners? Like (laughs) there'd be some guy on my troop that would always like, pick me as his wife on stage and we'd have flirtatious scenes on stage. And so I thought, okay, is he feeling these vibes? Is he putting stuff out here in this like safer environment for us? And it would all like not be the case Mm. (laughs) just leading down the wrong path. But that's how Houston acted on stage. And we were sitting next to each other on a picnic table at a picnic table uh, at this outdoor bar with all of our friends. I just kept feeling like he was like getting closer to me under the table. And I thought to myself, like, stop wondering, like, just go for it. Cause all my life, I would just kind of be avoidant of that. Like, I would just be like, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. And I just grabbed his hand under the table and I held it. And he did not let go for the whole rest of the night. And we like bar hopped with our friends. And he said to me, like, you know, months after, after we were established, he was like, I just wanted everyone to know that I was proud to be by your side and like proud to be in public with you. And I I don't know if you guys know this, but like, and that's hearing that is so affirming as a woman in a plus size body because there are so many people who like, wouldn't like who would want to hook up with us at night, but then like, I don't know who she is during the daytime and having him have that like kind of foresight and knowledge and being like, I wanted everyone to know that I was proud and excited to be with her. Mm. It was crazy. We did not stop holding hands and he walked me to my car and he kissed me (laughs) and and then like our friendship like went like straight to relationship oh, after that. It was so he's so a sweetie. Wholesome. So sweet. He's I I can affirm like I every time I was like manifesting a partner, I just said, let him be kind. Oh, and I feel like I am with the most like the kindest, most gentle person. Like dogs and babies on the street love him. Oh, I feel like good sign. Good sign. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you yeah, for telling He's that. a sweetheart. I could, um, of course. I could tell that from the moment he walked in at the beginning and oh. adjusted your settings for you before we were recording, like, and then kissed yeah. your head. Like, I was like, I fucking love him for her. So sweet. <laughs> My basic blessing is love in all forms, friendships, all kinds of relationships. Just mm. there's so much love in the world if we can open our eyes to see mm. it all. I love that. Yeah. Let it in. Oh, you guys. guys. Again, I've got, yeah. I, you gave me chills. My leg hair was standing up too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm feeling the power of you guys. It's very good. I oh, feel like I, I don't meet too many intuitive folks, people who are into like spirituality and like witchy stuff. So I was like, oh, this is going to be one of yes. my favorite podcasts to do. I just have felt so smiley and happy in your presence. Yes. I'm so glad to hear that. We're so grateful for you coming on, Rosie. Thank you. Basic witches. <laughs> <laughs>